Welcome to the Restless Hearts Podcast, a podcast dedicated to spiritual reflections and conversations about our journey together as human beings. I am Father Ray DeLugos, an Augustinian friar serving at Merrimack College as the Vice President for Mission and Ministry. In the year 410, a young and ambitious scholar named Dioscoros tried his hands at what we call networking and sought the attention of Bishop Augustine of Hippo. Although we do not have the letter Dioscoros wrote to Augustine, we do have Augustine's reply. From that we can infer Dioscoros made some feeble and weak attempts at flattery and then attempted to carry favor with Augustine by asking him for help interpreting the great literature of the time. As a retired professor of rhetoric, this would have been right in Augustine's wheelhouse and he could have easily provided the young man with some patronizing answers that would have made Dioscoros go away feeling as though Augustine actually cared. Instead, Augustine responded in a way that made it clear that he cared for Dioscoros, even as he made it clear that he didn't give a hoot about his ambition, his flattery, or his hopes to gain favor by dropping Augustine's name in the circles of the learned to which he hoped to gain entrance. Instead of providing insights into Cicero, as Dioscoros asked, Augustine encouraged Dioscoros to look far more deeply into himself and his motivations for learning than simply the pursuit of a career. In the process of doing so, Augustine wrote this to Dioscoros. I wish you to prepare yourself for no other way of seizing and holding the truth than that which has been prepared by Christ who as God saw the weakness of our goings. In that way, the first part is humility. The second, humility. The third, humility. And this I would continue to repeat as often as you might ask direction, not that there are no other instructions which may be given, but because unless humility precede, accompany, and follow every good action which we perform, being at once the object which we keep before our eyes, the support to which we cling, and the monitor by which we are restrained. Pride rests wholly from our hand any good work on which we are congratulating ourselves. I would like to use this moment of reflection to talk just a little bit about humility. It is not lost on me how arrogant a thing it is to presume to talk to others as an expert on humility. I am no expert. Rather, I have learned more and more how hard true humility is and how far from it I often am without even knowing it. As virtues go, humility is badly understood and humility badly understood will do us no good at all. In the same way, pride is also badly understood. Properly understood, humility and pride go hand in hand. The real root of the pride or arrogance about which Augustine warns us is not the excessive valuing of oneself, but shame. It is the fear of being exposed that leads to arrogance and narcissism. The fear of being truly known that leads us to impress, compare ourselves with one another, and compete with each other, not for the sake of excellence but only to be deemed better than those we can consider inferior. 
arrogance and shame are both filled with fear, while humility is an act of courage and a step toward the freedom of being known and loved for who we are. And so I would like to take the liberty of filling in Augustine's three-part process for success. The first part is humility. Humility allows us to present and express ourselves fully, honestly, and without apology or embarrassment. It is shame and not humility that tells us to hide our gifts, to silence our thoughts, to muffle our emotions, to abandon our dreams. It is shame and not humility that seeks to control how others see us by focusing their attention on only what we wish ourselves to be rather than the truth of who we are. Humility happens when we put ourselves and our gifts, our ideas and our dreams out in front of everyone, fully aware that we might fail, be wrong or be criticized. Humility gives rise to the courage to be original, to go against the grain of prevailing wisdom and groupthink and to express a point of view that others have yet to see. It is humility that allows us to define ourselves by our own inner passions, values, dreams, desires, longings, and hopes, rather than by social trends, market forces, or the security of anonymously belonging. It takes a truly humble person to risk the possibility of failure, and so to express true creative excellence. A truly humble person does not have to seek the spotlight, center stage, the perfect forum in which to shine and receive the accolades and attention of others. Yet when that spotlight shines on the humble, they do not scurry away in fear. When the pressure is on, it is the humble that step up and risk taking the lead. When all eyes find them, the humble respond. Shame avoids scrutiny and the possibility of criticism at all costs. Humility welcomes scrutiny and confidently allows others to pass their judgments knowing full well that even distorted criticism contains some truth. The second step in Augustine's process is humility. Humility welcomes competition with others. Humility will allow us to compete with others ferociously without the need to compromise our integrity or to diminish our opponents whom the truly humble refer to as collaborators in competition. Humility enters and embraces competition and competitors not as threats, but as opportunities for self-discovery and the challenge to excellence. It takes humility, not arrogance, to want to compete against the best, to reach up to the next level rather than settle for what is comfortable. Shame and pride do not tolerate competition well and respond to its demands either by avoiding it completely or by trying to destroy all competitors. The best we can hope for from competition motivated by shame is to find ourselves as the very best in a field of one. We can do this either by making ourselves the center of a circle of experience so small that there is no room for others or by ensuring that anyone who dares to enter our circle of competence is completely denigrated and humiliated. The denigration of competitors is the way shame masks its insidious denigration of ourselves. 
In the end, no matter how many victories they may bring, awards they may win, or honors they may receive, shame and arrogance will leave us isolated, lonely, and devoid of any joy as they leave us aware only of the emptiness that shallow triumphs bring. The truly humble will compete ferociously with skill and guile and creativity, aware that competition is not about proving better or worse. The result of competition grounded in humility may not be winners and losers in a hierarchy of shame, but a community of equals in which the differences in our giftedness are celebrated through service and the shared vulnerability of being human leads us to unity, respect, love, and genuine community. Finally, the third step in Augustine's process is humility. Humility is the essential ground, foundation, and fuel for passionate commitment of any kind. I have two images for passion in my mind. One is spectacular but short-lived. It is like a burst of fireworks, beautiful, powerful, stunning, and truly awesome, but over almost as quickly as it appears. The other image of passion I have is that of a hot, slow, burning, powerful furnace hidden deep within us and not very obvious or clear. The second image of passion is not spectacular at all, but provides the energy that makes passion and desire and hunger bear fruit. Arrogance will always seek expression as fireworks, making a splash, seeking to stun, evoking sighs of admiration and pangs of envy within others, but gone so quickly that memories hardly have time to form. Yes, there will be the demand for more, but more of the same, over and over and over again, with nothing to refuel or change or mature us. Passion that arises from humility is patient and persevering, accepting of the fact that the nightly sports center highlight reel presented in seconds is the result of hours of hard work, commitment, and drudgery. It is humility that brings us back to practice, back to another book, back to preparation, back to everyday competence. Humility may not make the spectacular happen, but humility knows that the truly spectacular will never happen without it. Great pride and great humility may well be two sides of the same coin. You really can't have one without the other. Humility without pride in ourselves is worthwhile and possessing something to contribute is not humility but shame. Pride in ourselves and our contributions to others without humility is lonely, fear-filled, and empty. As I work with our Augustinian examine, it has occurred to me that the most essential ingredient for true humility is the gratitude to which the examine invites us just before calling our attention to how we are being humbled by life. When we are aware that all of life is a gift that we did nothing to earn, that our gifts and abilities are entrusted to us for the sake of others and not for ourselves, and when we are aware of how much we depend not only on God, but on every other creature in the vast interconnected web we call creation, humility will follow naturally. 
but still like gratitude. Humility needs to be cultivated because it can be so easily lost in the races we, we run, the tasks we accomplish, the challenges we are invited to overcome, and the insidious and pervasive tendency sin has stirred in us to always and everywhere compare ourselves to one another rather than the rejoicing in the gift that I and each of you are to me and to all of you. A tool that I have found to be very helpful, albeit very challenging, to my efforts to cultivate a greater sense of humility is called the Litany of Humility. It was given to me by a confessor with whom I celebrated the Sacrament of Reconciliation while on retreat a few years ago. It was exactly what I needed as the penance, as the first steps toward having my life reordered and refocused. This lit litany was composed by a cardinal named Raphael Murray Delval, who lived in the late 19th and early 20th centuries and served in very powerful and influential positions in the Vatican under Pope, Popes Pius X and Benedict XV. The litany of humility invites me to pray. O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected, deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, Others may increase and I may decrease. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen and I set aside. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I be unnoticed. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may become holier than I. 
provided that I become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Amen. Each time I pray this litany, a different prayer strikes me as just what I am struggling with and causing me dissatisfaction, anger, jealousy, and envy. As we continue to walk together on this pilgrimage of life, let us remind one another of the three things that are the most necessary for us to find our way to our true home. The first is humility. The second, humility. And the third, humility. Peace and blessings on all of you. <laughs>